the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. We would invite you to join us for the next hour at 888-FORKFAX. That's 888-367-5329. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, and and we're live. We're here in studio. We've been back now for about three, four weeks, and it's exciting to be on the air with you all. We're live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, professor, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. Well, tonight we bring you part ten in our final chapter in our series entitled "The Ten Disturbing Claims of Christ." We hope you've been following along over these past weeks and uh, have enjoyed this series. But we're going to bring this thing home for a landing tonight. The 10 Disturbing Claims of Christ. These 10 claims of Christ will either draw you or drive you from him. It is our hope that they will draw you to Christ. These 10 claims of Jesus were so disturbing to the religious leaders of his day that they wanted to kill him. These 10 claims of Jesus even today still disturb all the false religions and cults of the world who do not know the historic Jesus of the Bible. Well, tonight we're gonna conclude this important series. So stay tuned to learn about these 10 disturbing claims of Christ and much, much more, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction, and we thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed and challenged and uplifted by our program tonight. Well, as Brother Gary said, we come to the tenth and final uh, claim of Christ, disturbing claim of Christ, and that claim was that he prophesied that he would raise his own body from the grave. Nobody else has been able to do that. Buddha, Zoroaster, Confucius, Muhammad, uh, Dr. Jerry Buckner can't do it. No other leader can do it. Only Jesus has the power to raise the dead. And this is what we're going to be talking about on this 10th and final disturbing claim of Christ. Let me say this by way of introduction. The bodily resurrection of Jesus from the 
dead is the cornerstone caps of Christian faith. It is the foundational stone of the entire Christian faith. Either you're in it or you're out of it. You got to be in it, my friend, if you want to have life after death. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we might as well end this radio program tonight and end it every Saturday. Stop doing it. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, every pastor, bishop, priest, Christian minister, evangelist, Bible teachers, missionaries, foreign missionaries need to go home and stay home and forget about doing any form of ministry immediately. Everything comes down to this. Did Jesus come back from the grave? And we have a testimony of that in the Bible with over 500 people that saw him. Uh, and Paul saw him later on and on the road of Damascus. And uh, believers' lives were transformed and they went out and they died for something that was true, not something that was false, a fable, a joke, a fraud. They gave their lives for something that was real. And we do the same thing today. Yes, as the Apostle Paul said in that resurrection chapter, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if Christ be not raised, our faith is in vain and we are yet in our sins. You know, my friend, the Roman soldiers knew that something had happened because they could not find a body after the death of Jesus Christ. They went to that tomb, and it was an empty tomb, see, because Jesus was alive and had the power to save people from the dead. And even those who are living, he has the power to save them. That's a good thing to know, that he can save you alive, and he can save you dead as well in your sins, and he can save you if you dead in the grave. That's good news to know that we have a Savior uh, that has the power to raise people from the dead. Now, this is the thing that disturbed the religious leaders of Jesus' day. Because when you look at John chapter 8, and you study John chapter 8 thoroughly, you will find that Jesus told those religious leaders in John 8, let me read the passage, John 8 and 51, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. And then he repeated again to really get them worked up. He said, if a man, in verse 52, if a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. And you know that made those religious leaders, the hounds of hell, get so angry with Jesus that they wanted to kill him. They said to him, you know, you're not older than our father, Abraham. How in the world could you make a statement like that? And they said, who are you? Whom makest thou thyself? And he said, before Abraham even existed, I am, ego e me, I am. He was claiming to be God. And the thing that got them upset was the fact that in John 8 and 51 and 52, he was claiming to be God because the Jews knew that only God, they were taught this, only God from the Old Testament could raise the dead. He was known as the God of the living. And Jesus said, if any man keep my saying, he shall not see death. And that is true for you and me today. If you keep his saying, 
and you walk in those sayings, you'll be obedient in those sayings, and you will live forever with him in heaven and as he moves that heaven to earth as well. Now, the other thing that disturbed the religious leaders was that Jesus prophesied in John 2. Now, this was very disturbing. Not only John 8 was very disturbing. If any man keep my saying, he shall not see death, not even taste of it. But he disturbed them again regarding his bodily resurrection when he said in John 2, 19 through 21, you know, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews were talking about 46 years with this temple and building. Wilt thou rear it up? And it says in verse 21, but he spake of the temple of his soma. The Greek word for body is S-O-M-A, soma, bodily resurrection. And you know what? He fulfilled that prophecy when he raised himself from the dead. And he said, uh, you know, there in John 2 and uh, 19 through 21, you know, that he would raise, I will raise my own body. You know, only God could do that. And that disturbed these religious leaders. Now, I always generally ask a quiz, trivia quiz question to my students. Even in our church, I'll say to the students, who raised Jesus from the dead? And nine times out of 10, most of them will say the God, the Father, raised him from the dead. And you're right, my friend, to some degree, but you're not totally right. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were all involved with the bodily resurrection of Christ. Let me demonstrate that to you quickly. We learn in Galatians 1 and 1 that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. And then we learn in John 2, 19 through 21, Jesus raised his self from the, the dead, from the grave. And then we learn, number three, the Holy Spirit was involved with the bodily resurrection of Christ in Romans 8 and verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. All three in the Godhead was involved with raising Jesus from the dead. And then you put all those three points together with Acts, and you'll find in the book of Acts, throughout the book of Acts, it'll say over and over and over in Acts chapter 17, for an example, and verses 30 and 31, it says God raised him from the dead. All three persons, distinct persons of the Godhead, were equal in nature, essence, and being, and they were all involved with having the power. You remember Jesus, after the resurrection, said, all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go and make disciples all power. What he laid aside in his incarnation, he took up in his resurrection and said, all power has been given unto me. Now, my friend, there's something that you must do. Let me say this in closing. There's something that you must do in order to have eternal life. You have to confess your sins 
and you have to repent of your sins, and you have to surrender your life to him as Savior and Lord. It tells us in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You see, in that passage, which I challenge all my students, challenge people in my church, to this is a scripture that every Christian should have memorized. Romans 10, 9 and 10. You don't have it memorized, you need to get it memorized. And it mentions that you got to confess your sins and accept him as your Lord in order to be saved. You can't be saved being a churchgoer. You can't be saved just having your name on the church list. You can't be saved just having religion. You got to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He that conquered the the grave, conquered death and conquered hell and says, I've come to give you life and give you life abundantly. First Corinthians 15 and 17 says, if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. You are yet in your sins. You cannot be saved, my friend, unless you believe that Jesus came to die for your sins and be resurrected for your sins. Accept him today, because if you don't bow on this side, you will bow on the other side, because it tells us in that great kenosis passage in Philippians chapter 2, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's better to bow now than to, because it'll be too late on the other side, my friend, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call on him right now. Repent of your sins. Turn from your wicked ways and then open up your heart. He's standing at the door, knocking at the door of your heart. Let him in. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. And we want to hear from you. The number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. We still have quite a bit of time in the broadcast uh, to entertain your questions, your comments, your concerns. If you need prayer, we want to pray with you. Because we do believe in the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availing much. So this is a great opportunity. We are live on the air tonight. It's a great opportunity for you to call in with your questions and your comments. Once again, the number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 888-367-5329. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and an expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. 
Once again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And, uh, you know, we are so happy to be back in the studio. We were gone for quite a few weeks due to the social distancing and the COVID issues. But uh, we're back in the studio. And, uh, you know, it's a great time to uh, take advantage of, of the ability to call in. You know, so many folks benefit from uh, getting their questions answered and uh, it's just a wonderful opportunity to take advantage of all the years of Dr. Buckner's training. So we can't thank you enough also for your prayers over the past few months and uh, this is a prayer driven ministry and without your prayers we know we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. So we thank you for your prayers and also we want to thank you for those of you who have been partnered with us financially over the few weeks. Uh, Rick and Diane, <clears throat> Ronald, Alfred, uh, thank you for your generosity and for stepping up to continue to bless the ministry so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do here, contending for the faith. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. And right now, we need exactly $400 to stay current. So we want to encourage you to continue to pray for us and encourage you to continue to give consistently so that we can remain on the air. Uh, there's two ways you can donate. Uh, you can uh, simply uh, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. And Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. And the second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. And uh, away you will go to be a blessing for time and eternity. And also, we thank you for your letters and cards. We get them and we appreciate them, and it really encourages us. So keep those letters and cards coming. You know, we, we all need to be encouraged. We all need to know that... Uh, what we're doing is is being a blessing to folks. Dr. Buckner, are you there? Uh, yes, uh, yes, I, I think, think I'm back uh, with you guys by uh, online. All right. Praise the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for that. Then thank the Lord that the computer didn't mess up during the message. That's God's grace and protection <laughs> right there. Yeah. yeah. Nothing like technology when it works. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And, it's nothing like prayer when it works, too, because we, uh, we prayed that God would put a special protection uh, on us as we do this program. So you're ready to get to some of the callers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. We're, our first caller of the night is, is uh, Brother Rick. He's been waiting patiently. Are you there, Rick? Hello there, Brother Rick. Maybe not. Did we lose uh, Brother Rick? Are you there, Brother Rick? Well, let's go on to our next caller. Maybe we'll catch up with Rick later on in the evening. Let's do that. Uh, CC. Brother CC. Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, we are truly blessed. How are you doing there? Good to hear your voice, CC. It's very good to hear you guys' voice. I appreciate, appreciate you guys a lot. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. We are blessed to be able to be back. And uh, we're not in the studio, but we're able to be back uh, online and uh, that's one of the best ways we can do it right now. But uh, we praise the Lord and we 
Uh, we're praying for you. We were hoping that you were okay. And they said that you were trying to connect with us several times. Uh, but uh, we're glad that you called in and uh, we trust that you've been doing well and uh, and everything's going good for you. I've been here. I've been here. I mean, it's, it's, it's been it's been rough around the edges. It's, it's been it's been pretty hard, but I've just been um, I've been thankful, and then I've been you know I've been I always like the like the the, the, met, the older messages that you did. A lot of them I keep them I keep them in my head already. So what I do is like a lot of times when I'm down, I'll go over those messages that you did. You know, saying you know different different. You put the different series. I kind of got them like programmed in my head, and that usually that usually helps me. And then I pray, and then I pray. Oh, beautiful. Well, we appreciate that. That's uh, lets us know that when the seed has been planted, it just brings forth fruit and it's doing that in your life. And, and you're also not allowing the enemy to snatch away that which God has implanted in your spirit and in your soul and in your body. So appreciate that. And I know you have some, uh, some prayer requests, but we're going to get to your uh, question first. What's on your heart? And it's good to get back to your Question: What's on your heart tonight? Um, I wanted to ask um, in that that passage in uh, Matthew, uh, I think it's Matthew five forty eight. Okay, Matthew five forty eight. All right, you have your Bible there too. <clears throat> My Bible is is um, oh yeah, B B yeah. You want me to read? Oh uh, yes. I'm actually I'm actually I'm actually going off memory right here because because um, my Bible is in the other other place. Okay, I can read it. It says, uh, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Amen. What a tremendous scripture. And what's your question regarding that? What did Jesus exactly mean by that? Because I know, I mean, it's when people, you hear that, you, it can be quite confusing if you don't actually have the, the historical context to that, that, you know, background to why, what that statement Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it is, it can be confusing uh, to uh, many people and even many in the evangelical churches. Uh, you know, there was a time when uh, a great leader by the name of John Wesley, who was the father of the Methodist movement, and uh, he had uh, taught, he was a great Greek scholar, and he had taught that uh, from this verse of scripture, that a Christian could actually reach the state of perfection and be sinless. And uh, so he taught that uh, with the Methodist people, and Methodist means method. Uh, they, that's how the term came about. Uh, John Wesley used to do methods in Bible studies, and so the Methodist name came about with that. But he had taught uh, sinless perfection, and the people during that time uh, in the 1500s and so forth and uh, had believed uh, his teaching and he had a great influence. He traveled all over England on his horse, evangelizing and reaching many people. And that became a strong thing in the evangelical world. But uh, when you look behind the Greek meaning of the word, even though he was a Greek scholar, Sometimes even Greek scholars can be uh, amiss with their interpretations, uh, especially when you don't look at everything in the full context. 
um, this is not talking about sinless perfection because John Whitman never said in his epistle, 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then he said, if we say that we have no sin, we are a liar. Says that also in 1 John uh, chapter 1. So either we're going to believe Wesley or the Apostle John. I would rather believe the Apostle John over Wesley, even though he was a great uh, theologian. Uh, the second thing is that uh, this passage of Scripture, when it uses the word uh, perfect, let's kind of look at it in the historical context. In the historical context, the religious leaders were teaching that you, uh, if you kept the law and you were obedient to the law of Moses, you could pretty much uh, reach a state of perfection too. Uh, and the reality was that nobody could keep the law. And that's why uh, the Jesus came to fulfill what people could not do in the law. It was unattainable, but they were teaching to some degree that it was attainable. And uh, Jesus is simply uh, taking the yoke and the burden off of the people that the religious leaders were putting on the people. Like, for instance, when he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 29, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He was teaching that, and that was a discipleship uh, teaching uh, to his disciples because they were burdened down with the burdenness of the religious leaders. And a lot of our churches do that too. We seem to burden down the people with the works of the church and we forget sometimes the work of Christ. And so uh, Jesus is simply letting these uh, his disciples know, be perfect, because this is a discipleship term as well, because about 95% of the New Testament is on discipleship. Jesus taught that. And so he's letting them know that you can't attain perfection through the law, but you can do it through the through me in the Father, because the Greek word here for perfect is mature. So what Jesus did, he took the word perfection from the way the religious leaders looked at it and applied it to something very simplistic, and that is you just be mature in the Word, mature in me, and in the Father, and that's what he was basically teaching, because he was taking the burden off of the disciples that the religious leaders kept burdening the people down with 613 laws, and then they were adding a whole lot more to that. So be ye perfect, be ye perfect. Uh, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect, He's saying, in essence, be mature. Your Father in heaven is mature. Strive for that. Strive for that maturity in me, and that's going to please the Father. So hopefully that insight, I have kind of went into it on a kind of like a deeper perspective just to give you a deeper understanding. So hopefully uh, the uh, I help you to move out of the complexity to the simplicity. I've wondered, I've wondered about that verse. Uh, 
for some for, for, yeah for some, quite some time. You know, it popped uh, pop up and I read it. I'm like, what does he mean by that? And then I would forget about it, but then it came back in my head. So you know, I got, I got to ask him about this. Well, hopefully, I really helped to give you some uh, additional insight into it. Man, you gave me more than you gave me more than what I expected. You gave me a lot. I, I actually got it. I got, actually got it all down right here. So yeah, I appreciate it. You know, what I'm saying I appreciate it. I don't got yeah. it all down, but I got I got I got enough to work with. Well, good. I know you got a good memory, so we know that God is going to bring back to you in the spirit whatever you missed, and you know you can always listen to the podcast. A lot of people do that. And what's on your heart before we go to a commercial break? What's on your heart uh, regarding a prayer request? Uh, that you have on your heart. So, uh, this if you can, I just want to pray for my mother, uh, Rosa Linda, and my family that um, that God can keep them safe and protected from this this virus that's going on right now. And if He could, you know, if, if He can keep them, and then also just, just you could just um, pray for me, however you want to pray, and then lift up Will Smith and Jada Pickett. You know, they, that stuff that's going on in their marriage right now. They need to, you know, really need the Lord to to help them in that right now, because Will Smith is really, he's not taking it too well. Amen. Yes, that's a good prayer request. They really need the Lord. You know, Hollywood can't uh, give them the peace that they need uh, with God and each other, and uh, nobody else can in Hollywood, and their family can't neither. It's only the Lord. They both need to turn to the Lord, and that's what we need to pray for. Uh, so that they can be a witness. Will Smith was brought up as a Baptist, but a lot of people are brought up in a denomination, but they don't know the one who is above the denomination. You know, denomination don't save you, uh, you know, and religion don't save you. Uh, Church don't even save you. It's the Christ. And so that's what they need and what we need to pray for. But Brother Gary, uh, can you lead us in prayer around CC's prayer request? Oh, absolutely. So, Lord, we just come before you right now. We lift up Rosalinda and the rest of CC's family, as well as CC himself, that you would protect them during these uh, COVID-19 times that we're facing, that you protect their family and CC from uh, coming in contact with this Spirus, we pray that you protect them and that you meet their needs, Lord God, uh, especially during this time. A lot of people are sheltered and work is an issue and there's so many, so many pressures on the lives of folks today. And we just pray right now that whatever they're going through, your word says that they can cast their cares upon you because you care for them and that your word says that my God shall supply all of their needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And we pray for God that they would stand upon your word as we all have to during this time and that you would just continue to bless, continue to provide, continue to show yourself faithful. Lord God, you're faithful. You never fail. You never failed us yet and you're not about to start. So we just trust you to meet all of those needs. And Lord God, we lift up uh, Will Smith and Jada Smith, and we pray that you would heal their hearts, heal their marriage, that they recognize that they can't do it without you, that you have to be involved, and we pray that they would turn to you and they would seek your face and uh, reach that point where they recognize that 
they, they, they have to come before the Savior. That they're in a crisis, now they need Christ. Lord God, help them to know and to, and to receive what you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cecil, thank you so much for your call. And it's so good to hear back from you, my brother. And uh, we look forward to each week uh, talking with you and uh, hearing uh, what good questions you have on your heart. And keep us in prayer as well. And God bless you. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Hey, thank you. I I really appreciate that. And it's it's, it's likewise. The same is here. I would say a lot more, but I know you you guys got other people you got to get to. But I want if you guys can keep me on the line, I want to listen to the rest of the program. Amen. Be be not weary and well-doing, because in due season you will reap if you faint not. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Let us know what's on your mind. Again, the number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, professor, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We do want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. We still have some time left in the broadcast to entertain your questions and your comments. Also, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you because we do believe that prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. So you always want to be quick to pray. God is there, he's listening, and he wants to meet your needs. And we believe in prayer. And we, and since we're talking about prayer, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith. Without your prayers, we know that we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing every week. So we need your continuous, consistent prayers. In addition to that, we need you to partner with us financially here at Contending for the Faith. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, and uh, right now we actually need 400 a week, $400 rather, for this week. And so we want to encourage you, as God has blessed you, that you would consider partnering with us financially here at Contending for the Faith. There's two ways in which you can donate. Uh, you can write a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, that's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 95, excuse me, 94920. Now, the second way is so much simpler. You just go online. Get on your laptop, your smartphone, your tablet, whatever you use, and go to contendingfaith.com. Dot org. That's contendingfaith.org. And then simply click the donate button and away you will go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. And also continue to send those letters and cards of encouragement to Contending for the Faith. We read them. We, we enjoy them. We appreciate them because it just blesses our heart to know that what we're doing is making a difference in the lives of so many people. 
We always need to be encouraged, and we thank you for your encouragement. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for those uh, announcements and uh, encouraging and challenging words. So uh, let's go back to our callers. Uh, did we get Rick back? Yes, we did. He should be on the line. How you doing, Brother Rick? Good. We tried to connect connect with you earlier, and somehow we lost you or something happened, but we're glad that you're back. Well, I'm going I'm to I'm fight a good fight. Well, that's what God calls us and commands us to do. That's what Paul did. We, uh, all of his ministry life, and he saw, said, I fought a good fight. I finished the course and kept the faith. And henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness that the righteous judge shall give to me, and not only to me, but all those who believe in his appearing. So keep fighting the fight, my brother. Keep the faith and share it as well. And what's on your heart tonight? Do you have a question? Well, got, got a very got a very interesting question. So I'm, I'm going to start calling. I'm going to ask you to start calling names. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want to ask a question about what, what, what were some of the names of Jesus before he was known as uh, Jesus in his incarnation? Okay, that's a good that's a good question. Very good question, and thank you for that question. Um, there has been a debate uh, throughout the. Uh, centuries on uh, what was the name of Jesus before uh, he came into the world, a, you know, in human flesh. Um, some uh, have uh, argued that he was the eternal son. And then others have debated that, no, that's not true. Uh, and the Roman Catholic Church uses the term re, re, uh, re, eternally regenerated or something like that. So uh, as the son, uh, I happen to not uh, hold to that position. I uh, believe that the Bible is very clear in John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. So before his incarnation, uh, he was known as the eternal word of God. Now, uh, that's clear from John, and he mentions that in the beginning was the Word, So, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So how clear can you get than that? Now, the reason why the word Son is mentioned in the Old Testament, because it is uh, mentioned in regards to prophecy. Uh, because it's a prophetic word regarding the son, like, for instance, in Proverbs 31 and uh, 2, uh, do you know his, do the, know the name of the son? Uh, it'll mention my son. So this is a prophecy. But uh, in the incarnation, that's when the term son became related to Jesus as a person. Uh, prior to that, uh, his incarnation, he was known as the uh, the Word, the eternal Word of God, John 1 and 1. And I believe that that's very clear uh, from John 1 and 1. And there are Catholics who don't agree with that position. And there are some in the uh, Protestant church and evangelical churches who would disagree with my position on that. And they have the right to agree and disagree agreeably. 
So, but uh, I believe it's clear from the context of John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And I think the arguments stop right there. So hopefully that helps to give you some insight on uh, your question. Amen. And sometimes, you know, when I think of name, Jesus even reveals himself that he is God when he says, I am. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I hear the name I am revealed so many times, but I am really began in the Old Testament with the burning bush. Absolutely. Well, if you were to come up with uh, the uh, name, the closest name for God in the Old Testament would be uh, Exodus 3 and 14, when Moses was confused about the name of God. And he says, uh, when I go before the children of Israel and they shall ask to me your name, what shall I say? And God tells them, I am that I am. That's what you will tell them. So that's the eternal I who was, who is, who always will be. And Jesus later on uh, takes the Septuagint, the Old Testament translating Greek, and in John 8 and 58, he quotes from there. He quotes from there and identifies himself as the ego me, the eternal God who was, is, always will be. That's why they picked up stones to stone him. They weren't picking up stones just to stone him because he's saying, I am Jesus. He was literally saying before Abraham was, even before Abraham existed, I am the eternal God. And that's one of the reasons why they wanted to stone him. And Jesus went out of the midst of them because it wasn't his time to go yet. You know, that's why he says, no man taketh my life in John 10. No man taketh my life. I lay it down on myself and have the power to take it up again. So even though they tried to kill him on many occasions, it wasn't until the ordained time of God that uh, that was going to happen. And remember Pontius Pilate said, if you don't speak and you don't say something, you realize what I can do? <laughs> Jesus said, you wouldn't be able to do nothing unless God gave you the power. So God, that lets you know God is in control. Even with your sickness, even with your illness, even with your finances, even with your marriage, even with uh, this COVID thing, even with all of the crazy stuff that's going on in our world today, remember God is in control, and they couldn't do nothing unless God allowed it because he gives people the free will. But God is on the throne, and he'll take what man intends for evil, and he brings good out of it. So you have any prayer requests, Brother Rick, uh, before we get to our next call? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad the way, the way things worked out. That CC came before me, and his question is very appropriate to, to my prayer today. Yes. Help me conquer perfectionism. All right. That's well, the that's prayer a, I'm going to request today. That's a good prayer request. All right, Brother Gary, let's uh, pray around that prayer request for Brother Rick. You said help you with your perfectionism, Rick? Yeah, yeah because I, I've always had that struggle in my life. You're yeah, trying to be perfect. Yeah, I think okay. what, he means, what, he, what he means about it in the sense that, you know, without mistakes... And yeah. you're going yeah. to make mistakes. So, you know, he's re he's relating to it in that sense. Right. All right, then. Lord, we just lift up Brother Rick right now in his prayer request regarding perfectionism. And we know there's none perfect except you. And that we all come short in some way, shape, fashion, or form. 
But Lord God, you care for us even while we were yet sinners. We were so imperfect and, and deep in our sins that you still loved us. And so, Lord God, help Brother Rick with this issue and help him, Lord God, to recognize that there's no need for that type of performance. There's no need for that type of situation because you love him regardless. You loved him before he stepped into time and space. You loved him while he was just a twinkle in his father's eyes. You knew him and you were preparing the work for him to do and that you will one day receive him unto yourself, Lord God. So give him peace regarding this issue. Give him uh, a settling in his spirit so he doesn't feel the stress of it and help him to know that he, that you have already prepared uh, a place for him and that he didn't need to worry about being perfect because you're the perfect one. You, you're the sinless one. You're the one that came and died in this place. And th- so give him that assurance, give him that peace in Jesus name. Amen. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, brother Rick, for your call. And Thank your you very much. Question. God bless Look you. Look forward to hearing everybody else. Amen. All right. All right. Let's get to brother Jermaine while we, in these last moments here. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing very well. Uh, well, that's good, my time. brother. Good to hear from you again. And let's get quickly to your question so we can give you some wisdom and some knowledge around uh, your, your question. Well, yeah, my question was uh, uh, Dr. Donald Gray Barnhouse. I, I enjoy listening to him most mornings. And um, I know he came from a strong background and strong education and i noticed uh, some of his his descendants his daughter who's also highly educated kind of rebelled and, and uh you know left the faith and became kind of a episcopal minister and then a granddaughter of his became anti anti pretty much anti-scripture and she formed her own views and, and then she was anti-fundamentalist and she became a unitarian uh i guess you call a reverend and you know, had divorced, became a lesbian. She's she's doing a lot of radical things. I was just curious: is there any particular thing that happens to lead someone down that path? Because if I was to be honest, you know, I, I want to lead my own family properly. And you see these people who are who are great in the faith, and stuff like that happens. It just kind of makes me want to ask the question: it, is uh, is there something you can do besides pray? Well, that's a very good question, and uh, we appreciate that. <clears throat> question. And by the way, uh, Donald Gray Barnhouse is one of my great uh, uh, teachers that I appreciate. And, you know, he was the teacher of Walter Martin. So uh, I use a lot of his sayings. But this is a good question. And if we don't have a lot of time to complete it, we need to continue this uh, next uh, week. But let, let me say a few things that no one can stop uh, anyone, uh, child coming up in a even in a Christian family towards uh, rebelling, all they can do is plant the seed and water it with prayer and trust God will give the increase, train up a child ways to go and the way of his bent. And so when he's old, he will not depart. But every kid has their own volitional choice. And sometimes there have been real godly parents that children has gone in a complete different direction. I was counseling a family one time and they were really down about their ch- their children because they did nothing but train them and brought them up. And one of the things that I said to them that was encouraging, I said, look at uh, uh, God uh, who created Adam and, and Eve, and they were his children. And they 
made the choice to go the opposite way and then look at uh, Adam and Eve and uh, two sons and then at first and then one of them went in the way of righteousness the other in the way of ungodliness and so uh, we just can't control those things with children all we can do is pray uh, and I think Jesus gave that illustration of the uh, prodigal son uh, as a major example of the fact that uh, you know, if we do all that God calls us to do, we trust that the prodigals will come to their senses and come back home. And uh, the, you know, the prodigal son went out into the pig's pen. And isn't that interesting? Uh, he's a Jew, and then he's going out, and he's he got an occupation in the pig's pen. And then he came to his senses and realized, I'm a sheep. What in the world I'm doing out here with these pigs? And went back to his father. And some of them do that, and some of them may not never return. Uh, so uh, look at all the disciples. They all was exposed to Jesus. But there was one defector, uh, Judas. And even though they were exposed to all of that good teaching and God on earth, and Jesus couldn't stop him. He just chose to go his way. So with children, uh, we can only pray for them and teach them right, but ultimately they got to make that individual choice. Hopefully that's some insight. I look like our time is almost out. Uh, let's, we can pick up with this more if you want to next week, but hopefully I've helped you out with some of the things I've said. Still there, Jermaine? Yeah, we'll, we'll pick it up next week. Thank you. Yeah, you, you are. All right. We're going right, to well, turn it over to you and yep. bring it home. We've come to the end of our exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. Please keep us in your prayers. Until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions and dialogue with Dr. Buckner always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.